<laughs> hey! <Yeah>. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. So the first thing that I noticed, man, is behind you, you got, you got Mighty Mugs on your shelf. They don't get any credit. Everybody got into the pops and like the Mighty Mugs were around for like a year and then disappeared and then yeah. pops show up and like take over the world. But I think that the design on the Mighty Mugs is way better and the, yeah. the artwork on them. Yeah, man. This is the Venom. I agree, man. They came out, you know, the vinyl toy thing was already happening, you know, like the kid robot stuff and all that. But the Mighty Mugs dropped, and they also had blinks that you could customize for a while, right. too. Yeah, you could paint and, your own shit. Yeah. And, you know, of course, certain people picked up on them, but they just didn't. They just didn't blow. It was kind of like... I, I equate it on a, on a smaller scale to the first Sega CD or Dreamcast not becoming what the PlayStation became. You right, know what right. I mean? Yeah, they did it like, better. They did it first, but it didn't. Right. Who do, right. do you just have the Marvel ones? Uh, yeah, well, I think I had some, like a Boba Fett and yeah. a couple other randoms, but I don't know, in between changing this place up and packaging boxing things back up i think some of them are still boxed up somewhere so the only ones that were out were the marvel did you ever pick up any of the blanks like did you did you paint any i never painted any myself um i had i have one over on the shelf that somebody else customized for me for a character from a book i was working on and that's the closest i ever came to pick them up because i i just didn't trust my skills at that time with trying to do custom pieces. Imagine I thought now. it was amazing. But yeah, yeah. Do you do I any, got some. Do you do any shit like that with shoes or anything? Bro, I, I wish I, I still had them. I tried to do some a friend of mine gave me some Air Force Ones. He had a connect on white Air Force Ones. He gave them to me. I studied. This is years back. Right. I studied. <laughs> I stripped them down, started taping them off. I realized maybe an hour and a half into the first shoe that I just wasn't built for the patience that it took to do those shoes. Yeah. And so I think I did one shoe. I did like a stencil, did some recoloring, changed some things up and never, ever touched the second shoe. And I was just like, man, but then it became such a big thing for custom sneakers. I kind of felt crazy that I didn't push myself to install the patience in it just because it, it it built the market of his own, you know what I mean? But since then, I've debated it, but never, never tried it again. Have you ever heard of a guy called the Shoe Surgeon? I think I saw, I watched this one dude on YouTube that, like, I can't stand his personality. He's some, <laughs> you probably, I mean, if you watch shoe shit on YouTube, you've probably seen him. He's some really, like, hype beast Canadian dude. Okay. And he's always going to, like, thailand and japan and like the philippines doing all this like shoe shopping shit right but i think that oh is, he, it, is it the guy who buys them and then sells them back out or something like that yeah he does that yeah okay but i think i saw something that he did with that dude like that dude was at a convention the surgeon dude yeah and the kid was just going on and on about how awesome they were 
Yeah, that the shoe surgeon is actually from North Carolina, um, but he he went out out west to to build his build himself up, and he, he he's done a, an amazing job of doing. He does classes now, like showing people how to deconstruct and reconstruct shoes, and you know, kind of come up with their own thing using different silhouettes. And his classes typically sell out in minutes, if not seconds. But he's most known for doing crazy customizations not just painting but like changing the, the, the materials used the type of fabrics certain types of animal skins and you know python and things of that nature uh he's done some some crazy dope shoes and i think the average for his shoes are probably about 1500 but it can get way 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 above that he actually <laughs> made a shoe for my homie uh who owns black sheep skate shop here he made a shoe for him for a release they had with Nike and he put actual hornets in the shoe. In what part of like it? the bodies, like uh, in the tongue. I, it was, I saw it on Netflix. It was Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. yeah That's yeah, where yeah. I saw him. He did like a hour episode with that dude and he made Jeff like his own shoes. That is right. That is That's right. I watched I that. Yeah. That's the only episode of that show that I watched was that one. The rest of it was think, like, yeah, I think that was. I think I tried to watch another one because my daughter wanted to, and it just wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It well. wasn't it. <laughs> uh, you sent me an email with two previews of some books that you're working on. Yeah, man. And yeah. I read both of them, but I really want to talk about one of them. But I know okay. that you're starting a, a Kickstarter campaign for him. Do uh-huh. you, do you want to talk about it or do you yeah, want to yeah. kind of, okay. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. The, the one that I want to talk about is super bastard. So with super bastard and, and, and this next King Supreme book, they're both graphic novels. So uh, I've got the stories written and part of the artwork done, but it's, I haven't finished everything. King Supreme is over a hundred pages. And super, excuse me, super bastard is set at 60, but if the campaign goes really well, then I want to extend it out to 80 pages. So I got you. Um, so it's not like you, you work on this shit and then let's say that it didn't get fully funded. You don't really care. You only did like 10 pages. Like you're, you're working on these and finishing them regardless. Regardless. Right. I right. Got you. Regardless. Yeah, and what I, me personally, I'm more, I used to use Indiegogo more because the difference between Indiegogo and Kickstarter on the creator, creator side is Indiegogo allows you to have flex funding where if you don't hit the goal, let's say if your goal was 4000 and that covered everything you need to do as far as production and you only hit 2000 you still can use the 2000 towards finishing the product. You just got to match whatever the difference is that you need to, to finish it out. But Kickstarter, and I think it was more of a safe thing to try to make sure people fulfill what they're supposed to fulfill. They don't allow that. So on Kickstarter, it's all or nothing. If you don't hit the goal, you get nothing. Right. You everybody know? gets refunded, right? Well, Kickstarter doesn't even take the money until the campaign ends. Oh, okay. So you'll put the card on file, but they charge nothing because if, if it doesn't hit its goal, they don't want to have to go through processing fees of refunding cash back to anybody. So, yeah, so the third, when the 30 days end, that's with Kickstarter, 
And that, it gives a little more room because somebody can budget. They can say, you know what? I don't have the money today, but I'll have it in 30 days or 20 days or whatever it is. So they can go ahead and pledge early and still don't have to worry about it until the end of the month. And if something changes, they can change their pledge, you know, or, or cancel their pledge or whatever without worrying about, I got to wait for my money to be refunded or, and, and all these other things. So that's, that's the benefit of the Kickstarter side of it. Do you set yours up on different tiers with different rewards or is it kind of just give what yeah. you can? Yeah. I set mine up, up on different things. Cause I, the thing for me is I realize there's people that support me, but they're not big in the comics. Even if they like the character or they think the story is interesting, they're just not real big on the comics. So I always try to have other things in there like t-shirts with a dope design hats. Uh, this time around, I'm doing skate decks with artwork, not just artwork from the comics, but other artwork as well. Um, I try to find just a variety of things where someone can kind of figure out what makes sense to them. And and hopefully they see something they like and can still support the campaign at the same time. Hey, man, listen, I, you know, I, I coming from where I come from, the fact that anybody wants to have conversations, anybody has interest in talking about these different subjects or interest in my artwork, like those things matter. You know, when I tell people online, I appreciate it. You know, most people probably just take it as the common, decent thing to say to somebody. I appreciate right. it. Thank yeah, you. Whatever. You got to say but it. For me, but for me, it's like literally like I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Because my path wasn't simple to get here. And then then being here, I'll, I never take for granted that it can't change. You know what I'm saying? So I don't care whether somebody says, yo, I, I got a billion followers or I'm the only person that listens to my own <laughs> channel. <laughs> right. Like if they reach out and they say, yo, let's let's have a combo. Like, are you down? I'm, 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 I don't, I don't think I'll ever, Todd McFarlane is one of the biggest names in comics and toys. And I, I saw him doing podcasts with guys who had like a thousand followers. This guy's a multi-millionaire, you know what I mean? Right. But he understands this is the core of it. If I don't, if I ignore this, what am I really doing it for? You know what I mean? Like these are the people who have put me in this position and they could easily go somewhere else. I'm not the only guy, you know what I mean? Let's, let's get into the, the super bastard. The bastard. When you saw that name, did it throw you for a loop or was you just like, cool? Well, I was like, why is this guy called super bastard? I wasn't <laughs> like, I wasn't like, oh, this is offensive. But I was like, right. I was like, this guy must be like a real bastard. Like he's a super <laughs> bastard. But I didn't know. I saw like the PDF download. So I didn't see an image with it or anything. The PDF right. just said like superbastard.pdf. Right. I was like, okay, well, let, me, let me get into this. But I'd already read the King, King Supreme. Supreme. So I didn't, I mean, I didn't know if they were related or not related. It looks like they're not really related. Not other than being two super guys. That's about it. Um. Do you color them or do you stick with that black and white? Well, with these two, they're going to be color. Uh, There's going to be the option for color because I've found that with my work, some people prefer the black and white and some people prefer the color. Okay, hold so on. With this hold campaign. On. We'll, we'll get into that. Okay. I shouldn't okay. have asked that yet. I should have waited a minute. But okay. I got a, uh, I actually, I got notes 
and they're not they're not notes for you like i would okay. never give you notes right 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 but i got questions and i actually have questions like based on do you know if i say like page three do you know what i'm talking about uh kinda, like, but i can i can pull them up i got them i got them right here on the computer too so the on page three you've got the onk down at the bottom Mm-hmm. And my first reaction when I saw it was like, that was like a Prince call out. But Prince has the, has the squiggly thing because right. the, the text with it was about the impact of black culture. Right. So right. this is, might be a stupid question on my end, but how does the Ankh relate in? Because it's more of, to me, when I see it, I think like Egyptian. Is that kind of where you're going with it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so trying to kind of correlate the history of the ump and the cross and the idea of sacrifices or Jesus or modern religion. Um, and it was kind of him narrating the history of, of Africans or the history of black people in general, but especially so many things date back to Africa in some form or fashion. Right. But that key component isn't taught especially in american schools that's not really you know they don't say the construct of religion or the idea of these principles you know there's even evidence that the idea of the immaculate conception came from egypt or at least that's the earliest drawn or recorded story that most scientists agree on but that's not talked about it was a straight religious yeah yeah imagery. well i mean of course of course i leave some of it for imagination too you know if somebody sees it and thinks prints and contributions and yada you know i'm like but that cool, wasn't that's... that wasn't any part of your intent no nah, not me personally when i saw it i was reading the culture and i was like oh that's that's cool that he threw that in there but then i was like wait that's not that's not the prince logo the prince logo is a little more intricate yeah but you know his logo was still and tying into that right you know it was I mean? based on all that right and i'm yeah, sure that yeah. his reason for using that is right in line with the reasons you just gave right 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 so, so just be like yeah it's, it's got some prints in there too it's, it's, <laughs> my wife loves prints he's on one of the shelves in here so <laughs> it was right. all about that um on the next page you talk about your leaders failing you and then you got a picture of mr obama mm-hmm. do you he seems to be regarded from, from what I see as right. like a very positive, like, fuck yeah, kind of dude. But that makes it sound like you got a little bit of like disappointment. Were you expecting more from those eight years? Me personally, no. I, you know, I knew that Obama getting in the office made my great-grandmother happy, who was about 97 when she passed. It made my mom happy. Uh, you know, it made a lot of people who have been waiting to see somebody black in a position like that all their life happy. But I don't believe in presidents as being saviors of what's going on with the common people. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're because, too far removed from it. Right. And, and then there's the chains of the house and, and state level and city level. Like, there's all these different things that are in between. Like you said, they're so far removed. So, you know, a lot of people 
of course, we're ready to get into something different. Um, but for me, it was a lot of politics within the politics. Like, okay, we got a black president in there, but there was a lot of other things going on with other countries, a lot of tensions happening, a lot of tension here in this country. So he almost felt like a, a pacify, a bandage over a, a bullet wound. You know what I mean? But, and even in office, everything he attempted to do that might have made a difference got shot down or restructured. Dude, that's you crazy know? because the one thing that I've always said about like his, his big massive contribution besides being just symbolism for like the first black president is he was right. like, I'm going to make this healthcare shit work. Right. And when he, right. you know, was campaigning, you could tell like he really wanted to do this shit for us. Right. It right. wasn't something he was using. I mean, he was using it to get elected. But his idea was not even close to what ended up coming out of it. Right, right. But it's exactly he what he said. Like, it was not on him at all. He was lucky to even right. get what we got. Right, right. But it's so fucked it's up that this is exactly, he wanted to give us, like, European health care. Like right. go to right. the hospital and you're, you're taken care of right. and you had to deal with so much shit from the house and the Senate and all that shit that by the time it actually got through, like he was probably like, I would feel like completely defeated if I spent years of my life focusing right. on this one thing that I wanted to make happen. And then that's what, <laughs> right. that's what came back out of it was that. I put all this energy, effort, thought. My team put all this energy, effort, thought, and it got stripped down and reconstructed. It was a, it was a damn tree, and they turned it into a stem that was a leaf. And, and that, that scenario applies to everything that every president wants to do. Right. It right. doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how fucked up it is. Even if it's something super fucked up, it's still not going to be the super fucked up thing that the president had in mind. So everybody else is going to get right. their hands in it, you know? Right. Um, and that, that's, you know, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't so much a direct shot to Obama personally, but it was the idea that this was given, but it was still just another pacifier. You know what I mean? Like, of course, I respect and, and appreciate him getting in office, but, you know, Malcolm X and Fred Hampton meant way more to me as far as being leaders in, that, in, for, for the community. I think that's my next question. On the next page, you got Martin Luther King and you got Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. The other dude is Fred Hampton. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. But I don't. Chairman Fred. Chairman please, Fred. I, I don't know who that is. Please don't be mad at me. But. No, no, no. He's. He's one of the least talked about. I mean, there's plenty of others, but he's one of the least talked about um, in part because he, what, he didn't live very long. Um, he, was, he was in the Chicago area 21, if I'm remembering correctly, when he was murdered by the police. Um, the big thing with Fred Hampton is he didn't really take no shit, you know? When he was, was connected. this? He died in 69, I believe. Okay, so in that same time frame. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and there were Martin, Malcolm, JFK. Like, that, 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 
that decade of leaders of different sorts, you know, being right. taken out. Um, but the biggest threat with him, aside from his vocalness, his leadership, he knew how to move and motivate the people. And that included the cats who run, ran the streets at that time, you know, the different gangs. He was one of those guys who could go in there and have these conversations. And I don't care who you are, where you are, if someone sees you having the type power where you can unify groups who typically don't come together, who typically have issue for whatever the reason, if you can get your point across, if you can make people motivated to do something better, you become a threat to the system that currently exists. You know what I mean? And he ain't take no shit from the police. He ain't take no shit from nobody, period. And they came in his house while he was sleeping, murdered him. And in bed with his uh, his lady who was pregnant with his child at the time. Shot shot him in the bed. Both of she them? She luckily wasn't hit. Hmm? Is she still alive? She didn't die then. I think she's, she's I think she's dead now but okay. uh, I think I could be wrong on, on that but his son he's got a son the son who she was pregnant with he's still alive and still pushing you know to keep his name alive and everything and I mean they have different things for him like there's a water park and like a rec center and there's you know different organizations that rep his name to this day and, and they do things mainly in the Chicago area but you know his his impact was about to move beyond just where he was he was a leader of one of the divisions of the one of the chapters of the Black Panthers, um, you know, just a just a very powerful dude at 21. You so know, it was no, and, and it was no accident. No, 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 no. They the guy who they they actually supposed to be releasing a movie. I'm not sure where, where this movie is really going, but the guy who pretty much set him up um, had no problem letting it be known that he was a informant for the police and the FBI. Um, they never, they never said that he wasn't. They have happily expressed that they had intel on how to get in the house, and he's the one that gave them the information. Uh, came back and basically told them, "Hey, Fred, sleep. He's got a guy sitting in the couch in the living room. When you first come in, that's going to be your only threat to stop you from getting to him." I left oh. the door open, and supposedly he slipped something in his drink um, to make sure Fred didn't wake up when they came in the house. What was so, the official? reason that they gave for killing him uh i don't want to misconstrue it but i believe it has something to do with you know panthers were constantly being looked at as oh they're doing terrorist acts here or terrorist acts there and i believe it was another case of them trying to say that he may have been trafficking weapons or about to rob some banks or something whichever one of those they wanted to pick out the air to say this is why we've been watching them this is why we got to go get them but there was no proof that he pulled a gun, did anything that, that warranted being shot in the way that he was shot. Yeah, you know, I mean, and there's pictures all over the internet of what the bed looked like and the hallway looked like by the time they finished what they were doing. So, you know, if it was about apprehending him, there was plenty of public speeches he did where they could have apprehended him peacefully. So that wasn't the goal from the beginning with, with Fred. I kind of like how that, I mean, it directly ties into some shit that just happened with, with Brianna. Right. Um, right. But there's some shit that you touch on a couple of pages later. If I remember it all ties back in. So I'll try to, I got notes, but that wasn't in my note because I didn't know who that dude was, but right. I think we can make it like full circle in a minute. 
Um, my second favorite part is on the next page when you got the contrast of the kneeling and the kneeling. Yeah, yeah. So you got the part where it says, we kneeled, and you've got a dude basically kneeling in compliance right. or kneeling in – I mean, it could be a lot of things, right? It could, it could be fear, servitude. And then you got, they kneeled and you got old, old boy kneeling right. on George Floyd. And then on that same page, you've got some of the clan with, what do you call them? Their hats. Yeah. All yeah, that the, shit. The, 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 and, and some without, but the, the biggest like eye catcher on that whole this is like a whole page drawing right right is right in the center you got you got the massive holy bible right and it's like right it's all it's all good it's all in the you know we're just following the rules right this is how it's supposed right. to be but i like the fact that you're just putting that shit out there yeah man yeah bro um like God and Jesus play a massive role in the black community, right. regardless of right. if it's black Jesus or white Jesus or whatever Jesus or God that anyone envisions. Right. Like Tupac, that dude will make fun of somebody for having sickle cell. And then his next song is all about like his mom and all about Jesus and, you know, only right. God's, you know, judging him. Like right. even his shit is based still in that Christianity. Right. But right. what I took, and I'm, I'm pretty anti-Christian. What I took from your drawing was, and I might be wrong, but you're kind of saying like, fuck it. There's some shit that's involved with this religion that we don't really need to be a part of. Right. Are you meaning for it to go that far? Or is that my bias looking into it? It's a combination, man. Um, you hit the nail on the head. I, I mean for it to go that far. And I also mean for people to kind of take from it what they will. You know what I mean? Um, some people will dispute it, but it is, it is without a fact. It is without a doubt and definitely a fact that religion has been used as one of the greatest weapons on people, period. You know, black people heavily but not just black people like in general religion has been used at the core of war for so long well yeah hundreds of years ago right you had, right you had like the crusades where they were just killing anybody that wasn't christian <laughs> like it right. had nothing to do right. with with race or culture it was just oh you're not you're not christian we're gonna we're just gonna murder you <laughs> right right and, and you know i just think sometimes people need to reflect on it man like um you know, some people live and die by the quote unquote religious word as long as it applies to what is cool for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, you know, I'll never forget this guy talking about how much he hated gay people. And if his son was gay, he would disown them and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, that's his personal thing. I choose, I try to stay out of people's whatever, but he kept just bringing it back in conversation. Like he wanted me to just join in. Now this is a guy who was highly spiritual, quote unquote, highly religious, quote unquote. And so I just asked him, you know, I said, well, I'm just curious. 
you know, you read the Bible and you, you try to live by it, right? He was like, yeah, man, you know, doing to others and uh, okay, cool, cool. Because, and I'm just asking, my understanding, you're not, according to your Bible, you're not supposed to judge people, right? Oh, I'm not judging people. I'm just saying that what they're doing is wrong. Said, well, that's judgment. <laughs> like, like, that sounds like judgment to me. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, well, well I mean, the God, God says that we're supposed to do that. I said, I, I, listen, I'm no specialist on the Bible, but I've, I've read a lot in it. And I never saw anywhere in there where it said your job is to judge or tell anyone what to do. You can try to be an example. But from what I understand, that's and he was like, you're wrong. I'm going to go home and read all of my Bibles and I'm going to come back and show you where it says that yeah. my job is. Uh, uh, Man, dude, that, talk to me for a week. I think that where people get mixed up on it is like it's not their job to judge. And I think that a lot of people believe that. Like it's not that guy's job. He probably believes it's not his job to pass judgment. But from his beliefs, the judgment has already been passed by God. And he, and so he he's, not, he's not passing the judgment. He's just agreeing with the judgment that God told him this is right, this is wrong. So like, right. he doesn't have a choice in it. Like the guy isn't judging. He's following the word of someone who's already done the judging for him. And, and I agree to a degree that that's probably, that's probably where he was at with it. But the more we got into the conversation, he tried to justify it. And I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, if this person is supposed to go to hell, then that's what it's going to be. Does that mean that you should change who you are to that person because they're going to hell? Or should you just still be the good person that you're supposed to be and, and live a good life and maybe be an example for what you think life is supposed to be without impeaching other people's freedoms? Dude, right? if, if only it worked that way, right? If only it did. If only it did. Like kind of like what you're drawing there. Like you got the clan holding right. the Bible saying this is our religious belief that like we're superior and here's our right. book that that says that it's true and then we're we're christians the clan is christian and right. then you got your normal ass person that isn't racist and he goes to church on sunday and he's a good person but you're both you both subscribe to the same religious belief. Like there is a commonality between what you believe and what the clan believes. Right. Maybe you should look into that a little bit more. Yeah. Not you. Yeah. Not you, Wally, but. Well, no, but I, <laughs> I, I, I think those, that line of thinking is what made me start to want to look a little bit beyond what I was being told it's supposed to be the way it works. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so we're going to church and we're reading this and we interpret it this way, but this person sees the same exact book written supposedly the same way, but they're seeing this. And, and it's then a completely this group, different viewpoint. Right. How and, and they, but they're justified. They feel like, yo, this is here. It's saying this. It's telling me that this is okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it started to make me look into other aspects of what things meant, other aspects of spirituality, religion, 
just what other cultures was doing and saying, you know what I mean? And the deeper you dig, either the more confusing it gets or the more clear. And Maybe if, a little bit more. If you're going to set a bunch of rules for everyone to follow, I would make those rules as precise as possible. I wouldn't leave them open for interpretation because they're my rules. I don't want you to misunderstand them. Two people right. shouldn't read my rules and then have to argue about what they mean. It should right. be real cut and dry. Like this is like, if you're going to tell your kid, like, like you can't, like you got to go to bed at 10 o'clock and, and your boy goes to bed at 10 and your girl stays up till 11. You'd be like, what's so complicated. Right. Like, there's no room for interpretation. If you're like, Hey, go to bed when it gets a little late. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, what's, what's late to him and what's late to her. But you say, you say 10, like it's fucking 10. Like someone needs to rewrite it. And I think maybe I could get it. I mean, I wouldn't get on board, but they should like, (laughs) if I got the fate of humanity in my hands, I'm going to come right out with exactly what I expect from you. Well, see, I think that's the problem too. And I, I, you know, I didn't go deep into it in this excerpt, but in the book itself, it goes into it a little bit. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the original Bible really was when it was first written, but when you start adding more and more chapters and more and more stories, and then people start translating things and adding their own this and that, like, the very simple understanding that was there suddenly turns into this whole other conglomerate of, of, of a system. You know what I mean? It's unnecessary. Where even in Revelation, there's like the warnings about the words being misconstrued and changed and false prophets doing this and that. And it's like, when I was a kid and I read things like that in Revelations, I was like, dang, why are people so quick to take certain things if, if the book itself that they believe in so much is saying, Hey, I might not be completely right. <laughs> like, like there's going to be some things that get twisted because other people are going to put their hands on me and, and change me. And so I'm like, so how do you live by certain things so hard without a thought, a question or looking into just the history, like just the history of what it means to translate something from one language to another. Yeah. You know, something's going to get misinterpreted or lost. And and then translate that language that you already translated into another language from that language. That's like, you already had the original trilogy. We didn't really need the prequels. Like you you (laughs) could have left that shit alone. And and we could have just put down in history as is. Right. Right. Um, yeah, moving, moving, so that, moving on. Can we move? Because yeah, yeah. we'll keep talking about this forever, I feel like. True indeed. True indeed. Unless you got something that's right there. That you just nah, you're, you're on okay. point, man. You're All on right. point. I got one small thing on page six. Or okay. I guess it's just, a, it's just a design in general. Am I meant to see the spawn cape on this dude? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. Is it, is it alive? Well, um, like, like it's long, it's flowing. You could definitely draw this cape taking up the entire page if you wanted. Yeah. And I couldn't help but be like, that's definitely like a, a spawn influence. 
Right, right. But is uh, it just is it just material? Is it just a cape? Um. So it's I wouldn't say it's alive exactly in the way that spawns is, where it's a completely living organism, but it is from another planet. Okay. So, super super bastard. Uh, his I haven't I haven't put it out there. His real name is um, Jadon Ali. He comes from uh, another. He's he he's kind of my take on the thing with Superman to me was, that was always interesting was that Superman could draw his powers really came from the sun essentially. The fact that we had a different type of sun, you know, on his planet he's a regular guy. If he didn't work out and get in shape and learn how to really fight, and he gets his ass kicked by everybody else like right. anybody else, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Come to Earth, soak up some sunlight, and he's pretty much a god. And I always thought that was interesting because um, melanin takes so much energy from the sun. So I always wondered, like, you know, in, a, in the neighborhood, it was always a joke. Like, Superman was probably black at first because his name was, like, Cal L or something like that. And it was like, <laughs> that's not one of the most blackest names ever. Right. I don't know what it is. So, Super Bassett, you know, his story is a parallel to that concept of a super being being sent here to do something bigger than himself. And he just happened to have some of those fabrics with him. And that's what he makes that cape out of that kind of has a bit of life of its own at times, but it's more of an energy thing than it's an okay. actual living organism. So it's a little bit of spawn and a little bit of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, yeah. okay. I like yeah. that. Those are like my two favorite superheroes. So you just kind of combined them into one. So like, that's yeah, cool. man. Yeah. Um, what an extra dose of anger. <laughs> that's what I always liked about, Spawn. I only read Spawn to like fifty, maybe. Right, right. Um, and then I quit right. doing the comic thing, kind of. But like, he was always mad. He was grumpy. He was pissed off. Like yeah. the ship was brand new. Like, because you just said Superman. Like, I mean, I think that Superman was like the good old boy, and then yeah. Batman was supposed to be like the brooding. Right. But, but Batman's got nothing on Spawn if you want to talk about brooding and, and being in nothing a bad mood. Like nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> um, eight through ten is like, I imagine the movie where they take all the soundtrack out. They take all the sound effects out. And it's just dead quiet. And you're just waiting for something to happen. You use the same right. panel of those people like looking up or they're, they're protesters, right? Right. And they're just looking up and then you use that same picture like three times, but their facial expressions are getting a little more like, Oh shit. Each right. time. And right. then super bastard kind of makes his entrance. If that was a movie, that's how I would picture it. Like dead yeah. silent. And everybody's like, oh, shit, what's happening? And then, like, right. here he comes. So if that's what you were going for, like, you, you did it. I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, that was the goal, man. Um, a couple other people have seen it. On the hand, you and a handful of other people have seen it. And most told me that they felt like they were watching a trailer, except it was a 
you know, a digital PDF book thing. But, and that's, that's what I was hoping, you know, that feeling that you get when you see a really cool trailer, you don't know exactly what the full scope is, but it's enough to pull you in a little bit, maybe entertain you and make you kind of question like, what, where is this really going? You know what I mean? Like I, I, what, what happened was cool even though maybe it won't cool, but it was cool. You know what I'm saying? So is that, that, was, that was the goal. Is that what you were going for with the expression on the protesters as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like it was like, they're, you know, they're so caught up in what they're doing and then they take note of something else bigger. Is there any, is there any sort of we're protesting we want change the next panel. Like we're still here. We're still protesting. Like, please change some shit. And then the third, they're like, Oh wait, no, we didn't mean this. Exactly. Yeah, there is. Okay. That's like, you know, everybody when they're protesting something feels like what they're fighting for is the cause. You know what I mean? It is the thing. And you're praying or begging or pleading or fighting or whatever to cause the change. And then something changes, but it's definitely not the change that you had in mind. You know what I mean? Or that that group had in mind or that, that, right. that whatever had in mind. Well, that's exactly what I got from it. So cool. I would say cool. that you know what you're doing. Maybe a little bit. We're going to see <laughs> when, when it comes out. <laughs> when I first met you, I was like, this dude's got a cool art style. This dude's like down to earth. This dude's cool. But I hadn't read, like I've seen your drawings of your original stuff, but I hadn't read anything like this lets me know that you actually know what you're doing in terms of like storytelling as well. Like anybody, well, not anybody, because I can't, but anybody could sit down and draw something. Right. Anybody could, well, again, not anybody, but you could tell a story, but you're actually able to tell like a cinematic type story almost. And it's one of those things. I always like bands where the band is one person and the dude will do the vocals. I mean, if it's hip hop, he'll do, he'll do the beats or the the production, but there's a lot of metal bands where, I mean, the dude plays the drums, he plays the bass, he plays the guitars, he mixes it all together. Because it's a one-man band, he gets the exact sound that he wants. There's no compromise. There's no, dude, I really want to play it this way. And same with you doing all the writing and all the drawing. You can put out exactly what you want. And right. what you wanted to tell was awesome. I appreciate that, bro. And that's only like 10 pages of shit. So yeah, if, if, there's, if there's 60 or 80 pages of that, like, I only imagine it's going to get better. Man, I hope. I hope. <laughs> you know, um, and, and I, I, I'm, this story started uh what 2020 this story started like 2014 2015 as you know just a conversation and i just worked on pieces of it here and there here and there and it it really sparked when michael brown got killed in ferguson um 
that made me really just start thinking about what happens when the absolute power no longer is the absolute power. You know what I mean? Um, his, the story, the book is called Super Bastard, Son of Redemption. And the whole name is a weird ass name within itself. Like you said, it's Super Bastard. This must be a straight <laughs> asshole. And he goes through stages of that but from different perspectives as the book moves along and as he starts to realize things not only about who he is but what the world seems to be and there's a lot of parallels there's a lot of elements like in the book just to, to give some of it um his 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 grandparents are sharecroppers in a new america and they're not exactly slaves but they can't leave either you know what I mean? And Superman's parents were farmers who had the freedom to do whatever they wanted, but to a degree they were still tied to that farm, even having the Man of Steel as a, as a child by the time they found him. You know what I mean? Right. So there's these different plays off of this the switch of the characters and life and him realizing things. In the beginning of the book, he's not the guy. The guy you see in this sampler is who he becomes towards the end when he's kind of like, I think I understand now. And I think I know what I've got to do to bring about real change. And it's not pretty. So are you seeing, you know? are you seeing the shit that puts him in that mind frame at the beginning? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He kind of walks you through some of the lessons he's learned, but that, kinda... that's the only part of it. Cause when you get into the book, you'll see his experiences while he's going through some of them too. So it'll be flashback type situation coming back. You know, you'll see some of the past to get back to the to the current situations or the future of what happens. That kind of goes back to what I said I try to remember to get back to is you have Fred Hampton? Fred Hampton. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was in the 70s. And that was a very mm -hmm. similar situation. Well, late, late 60s. Late 60s. Okay. Yeah late sixties. And that's a very similar situation to something that happened in like 2019 with right. Breonna Taylor. I mean, it's basic. I mean, I can't say it's basically, but the way they were killed, enter the apartment, right. kill them while they're sleeping. Right. No real repercussions for it. Like we're the right. police. Right. In those, in those three slow pages where you're showing that, the crowd reacting to the super bastards showing up. Yeah. The text is like the years of rage, the years of like pent up anger and like, it's right. gotta come out. And right. it's like you referencing those leaders from the sixties and seventies who were all murdered and it hasn't fucking changed. 50 right. years later, it's still the same right. shit. And like the dudes kind of had it. Yep. Yep. Clicks into something that I got like one last point, but it's a long one. And I'm sure you got something to say about it too. I'll try to get it all into one thought. Okay. The, I think it might not be the last page, but you've got the page of, the massive crowd all trying to head out. Right. Right. And 
when I asked you if it was going to be colored or not, that page, even if you color the book, don't color that page. You like it like it is? I think that even the, like the ink drawing doesn't have a lot of detail in it. Right. Some of the characters are just outlines. Some of them look like right. you just kind of, I don't like to me, like you angrily sketched some of them. Some of them have faces. There's no details on shirts. Like it's just this massive, like flux of people. Right. But the way that it's drawn, I mean, obviously, man, you can do whatever you want, right? <laughs> but I know I like this the, feedback. I feel like you're going where my mind was, but I wasn't 100% sure about this page. I'm listening. The, I feel like if that page was full of color, when I used to read comics, you're supposed to read the story and admire the artwork, but I would find myself more like I'd read the bubble and I'd be like, okay, like Spider-Man's on the rooftop. And I would just click to the next page. Cause how many drawings can you have of Spider-Man on a rooftop? Right. <laughs> right. Right. But that, even compared to the other pages that are still black and white, like that one stands out even compared to those other ones. But you throw a bunch of color in there, they're running away and like flip the page. But I actually right. looked at that page for like five minutes. There's more emotion in it when it looks more raw like that. Right. I don't know. I think like that's my favorite page in it. I appreciate that. And not to cut you, but just to in insert there, that was part of my dilemma with this page. I did colors on this page so many different times, but it never felt like it was selling the mood and the energy. In my mind, as chaotic as this moment is, it also felt like it would be just a silent, like on screen. Everything would just go kind of a bright, muted, this thing was happening. You see it. And you know it's chaos. It's kind of like a, a loud bang, and then everything is silent for a while before the sound comes all the way back in. Like when they hyperspace you, through the Star Cruiser. Right. right. But you can see the, the speed and chaos of everything. You know what It's I'm always going to come back to Star Wars, man. I'm sorry. Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that, that was my debate. Like, I, in my head, I felt like this page worked better as is, but I was still in the air if anybody would feel the same way when they saw it, you know what I mean? Even, let me pull it up real quick. Like a lot of it is just kind of like sketched in there. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it just, it does something. I'm sure you used to watch Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. yeah. Like that would be like shitty, like 24 frame a second animation. Right. And then when they wanted to focus on something like really gross, they right. would have that, <laughs> that like amazing fucking like painting right. like a full watercolor still frame painting that they would put on the screen for like three seconds like that, that probably took longer than the whole episode right well. right yeah. that's what this page looks like appreciate it. like stop I appreciate like stop the motion focus on this super different because the panel right before it like dude's in space and it's all black yeah. and then the panel after it like it's got the city line and his cape, but it's, it's mostly black too. 
So this one just right. is like, it's like, look at this, like focus on this. These people were asking for change. Here comes right. more change than they wanted. It's like, oh shit, like this isn't really the change that we wanted. But I was like, man, this no. is the change that you need. So right. you're going to get it. Yeah. 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 Like violence is going to be the answer. Right. And exactly. that's where my South Carolina boys are going to have a problem. You know, like, let's say that this hit mainstream, or let's say that this hit the eyes of someone that it probably wasn't intended for. Right. Do you have any concern with, I don't think you do, but has it crossed your mind that somebody could be like, this dude's promoting more violence? I don't know if I care, but because I, I look at it like this, right? If, if they give the book, if they, if they look at the book all the way through, they have a choice, right? They can ignore it all together. They can protest it and, and make it bigger which I'm not mad about either. <laughs> right, um, right. Or, or they could listen to it the way some people listen to rap and only hear the things that they feel like is negative and miss right. the whole story that came before those parts, those curse words or whatever. Somebody's like, my aunt used to be like, he said fuck. Oh, can I say fuck on this? Oh. Yeah, yeah, well, we're not, we're not doing that. that. <laughs> say whatever he said you want. That. And, and, and miss the whole thing that came before and after, right? Or they can sit and actually listen to the thing, look at the thing in, in its whole entirety and see if they can gain any aspect of understanding as to what's happening here. You know what I mean? Um, the book is about violence, period, point blank. Just like this country is about violence. Just like history has been about violence. But there's the reason why and there's the outcome of it. You know what I mean? And if they choose not to see any of that, that is absolutely their choice and their freedom and their right, you know? And I don't even think it'll just be, you know, cats like who you're mentioning. I think it'll be a combination of people who you would think might champion the book. Some of them may feel like, oh, this is stirring up problems, you know? Why right, can't you just make a book that's happy and peaceful? Well, there are a lot of people that are also like, backing fully the protesting but very against violence right but right that's not gonna get this situation anywhere exactly and take yeah. it out of the out of the book for a second like because the book i mean the book's obviously talking about our shit it's right. just doing it in a different scenario that's the only way that any of this shit is going to change. But Absolutely. the more violent that it gets, like in your book, the protesters are going to be like, oh, wait, no, no. Like, we're right. going home now. We're not here for this. That's not, right. But it's like, right. that's the shit that you got to be here for at this point. And, and that's, you know, and like you said, some people will feel like, man, you're just promoting violence. You're telling people to go out. No, I'm not telling them anything. I'm showing you what the results can be. I'm showing you what someone who had power and a platform has chosen to do in response 
to all of this, the years and years, the current, the everything. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean that has to be your path. And if it is your path, see the outcome for his story. You know what I mean? Is this a, is this a fully finished story at the end of the graphic novel? Yeah. There's no yeah. part two. There's no to be continued. No. Nah. I mean, you know, I leave room to where there's aspects of his prior life that if people are really, really wanting to know more, then that could be done. But his story ends when the book ends. I mean, I don't want you to tell me, and I don't think you would, what happens. But right. the most fucked up thing that I can picture with this is that the dude fights this shit and the dude uses his superpowers and the dude goes all out. And let's say, you know, to make it simple, like he wins. Like whatever he was trying to defeat, he defeats it. But at the end of it, it didn't fucking matter and nothing changed. A good theory. <laughs> that would, I like movies and I don't know, TV shows, anything where the ending is always like, yeah, you thought we were going to give you like a good ending, but like, <laughs> but like, no, like this just, just fucked and it's not going to get any better. Real depressing. I like to watch a movie and at the end of the movie, I like to feel like total shit about everything, <laughs> you know, because right. I always feel like, I mean, you get a lot of those Disney endings, but you get a lot of very well-made movies or stories of any sort where it may take you through like a real shitty, real depressing place. But at the end of it, things pretty much work out. Right. But if we're talking about my life or like the state of the world in general, if you're telling little stories about all that, it doesn't get better. Like it doesn't work out. Sometimes exactly. it does. Right. But like every movie can't possibly end that way. Right. Right. Do you have hope uh, that, that this shit is going to get any better? I don't know if it's hope or just, I would like for my kids to be able to have kids in a world that is a lot different from what it's been. Do I believe that that's going to happen? Or do I believe it's going to happen on a mass scale, especially for this country? I don't know how that happens. You know what I mean? Like, it's the whole structure. You remember in Fight Club when they blew up all the buildings and tried to erase the banking and all that stuff? Like, right. it, it feels like that is the only way for it to completely, something has to install fear or destruction on a scale that makes everybody, even those who want to be against change like i can't go against the change because they'll come disintegrate me with the p32 modulator that marvin <laughs> the martian had you know what i'm saying right right like it feels like we can have pockets and places where people get it and they continue to function as as it could be should be whatever but on a whole scale you're you know the justice system changing the housing banking racism in general you know people just being 
assholes to the people in like there's there's so many layers to the individuality that exists and the herd thinking in some situations that exist. I just hope that my kids don't have to encounter certain things on certain scales in the way that I have or people prior to me have. You know what I mean? That and it's sad that that's the height of where you ha- you're hoping. Yeah. Like if we can, if I can, if this can just be the thing, you know, then I'll you, find peace. You broke it down into the racism, the housing, the government. It's like there's all these layers. Every single layer is fucked up. Right. Even like the social justice warriors that, in theory, are pushing for everything to, to progress, for shit to be more accepted. Even their shit is fucked up because they're overdoing it, going after like ridiculous shit when they could probably have a better chance of making, like why can't that be the group that's just being like, hey, let's all be nice to each other or stop being racist. You know, stop sexually harassing people that you work with all these great ideas, but even they have tons of fucked up shit inside of that. Right. So you can't just fix a thing. And even if you were able to fix one thing, you, then you go on and you want to fix the next thing while you're focusing on the next thing. The thing you just fixed is reverting back to how it was. Right. Honestly, it was never properly fixed in the first place. I mean, is there any, like, what is going to fix it? Like, I don't think that there is, like, let's take, like, like the banking shit. Like, nothing's going to fix that. There is no president. There's no law. There's not even any idea that could actually be put into place. You would seriously have to just wipe everything clean, like some Genesis shit, like bring the flood. And let's yeah. just start over. So it's it's unfortunate, but it like when you really look at it, too many people have well, too many people have been have benefited from things being structured how they are for, for too long. And but then you also have people who don't even realize the way that things are isn't the way it should be because it's been that way for so long. It is the norm. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's like the kid who throws his sock towards the hamper and misses it hits the floor and he does it every other day because no one is saying you should make it in or get up and put that away so it's cool this is the norm it is now the habit i'm gonna shoot the shot and if it goes it goes if it don't don't it's still over there but I'm, not, I'm not gonna do better uh, it's right. just this is the outcome this is the effort that i got and it works because i don't th- there's no accountability and if there's no accountability and there's no one that can hold you accountable, what makes you change? You have to be the type of person who lives by certain morals and principles to do right when there's nobody there to enforce it. You know what I mean? Like, if no one is watching, do you tip the old lady over because you think it's funny and you know there's no repercussions? Or, you know what I'm saying? Do you help right. her across the street or do you just keep on going and only think about it in your head? Like, which person are you? That is, that is the truest shit because when I was in Japan, there was no trash anywhere. 
Like right. they just, they do not litter. They will carry right. trash around in their pocket or their book bag or whatever they got for days until they get to somewhere they can throw it away. You just yep. do not see trash. And right. I'm out like on a hike in the wilderness and I stopped and bought like a bunch of drinks and snacks. So I got all these empty bottles and all this trash. I'll be the first to tell you if I'm in Colombia, I'm just going to throw that shit on the ground. Like I hate to admit it, but if I'm walking down right. the street and here's 15 bottles and some toilet paper and a condom, like yeah. I'll throw my empty bottle of water on the ground. Cause what, right. what difference does it fucking make? Like I'm right. not going to pick up all the trash and make it clean. And even right. if I did, I'll come back tomorrow. It'll be back there. Right. When I was walking around over there and there was even in the fucking woods, like on a trail, there was no trash, even on the busiest street in one of the busiest cities in the world. And like downtown Tokyo, there is no trash. Yeah. I'm not going to be that right. asshole that throws my trash on the ground. Everybody else right. is doing their part. Like I'll put this shit in my, and I would carry around like melted chocolate wrappers, like in my pocket because I didn't want to be that dick that was making everything look bad. Right. Right. And apply that to anything else. And it's like, yeah, like, sure. Like they're doing it. It's the clean house mentality, right? If you go to a house that is spotless, and they give you a bottled drink, you're less likely to leave it on the floor when you get ready to depart. You know, you're either going to ask, should I throw this away, or you're just going to take it with you, because if not, you're the person who left it. But if you go to a house where there's shit everywhere, and they give you a bottled drink, you start to forget it even existed if it's a month. I wouldn't even think about (laughs) it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that, that is just the reality of it, bro. I mean, me, I'm, a, I'm different with that. I don't know why. As a kid, I felt like I was offending nature if I let a piece of paper fly out of my hand. And then I would say, why? Like, especially in my neighborhood where there'd be drug needles, crack cans, and, you know, all types of crazy shit there. And I'm like, why am I so concerned about this piece of paper flying out of my notebook when my book sack dropped? But it always was just on in the back of my mind. But, you know, there's other people who would, in this conversation with us, they wouldn't do what you did and say, yo, this is what, this is what I would do. They would try and pretend like they'd be the person who do right no matter what. Because they think one of us might hold them accountable. You know what I mean? There were plenty but, of opportunities that I could have just chucked this glass bottle off this trail deep into the woods and no one would have ever seen it. Right. But I just couldn't do it. I couldn't be that person. And just to be clear, I don't just walk around throwing my right. shit on the ground here. <laughs> right. Like I'll generally carry it to a trash can. Right. If I'm somewhere and I'm tired of holding it and it's annoying right. me, like I will not force myself to just carry it to somewhere. But and, and it, it, it just ties back into because the way our society is set up, it's a huge difference. Like, we're just using the trash as a comparison to life. You know what I'm saying? Like, Japan, they keeping it clean. Here, 
we're supposed to keep it clean, but you can go to almost anywhere and you're going to see people saying, I could care less. And telling everybody, hey, quit doing that is never going to make everybody quit doing it. Right. You have a chance at doing it. Just wake up tomorrow and like all the litter's gone. You know, Jesus took it all away. Right. Maybe people will be like, oh, cool. Like now it's clean. I'm not going to make it dirty again. But you're never going to convince everyone to go out and pick up all of the trash and get us to that spot. Right. Same as how you're never going to get the government to go backwards or, you know, any of the shit that we listed. Like it's never going to go back to a starting point unless it's just wiped out. And that's, and you know, when, we, when you say that, it goes back to your question. People, people think that you're, you're trying to incite violence or a problem. And it's like, no, we're just speaking reality. We're not saying go out and beat people up who, who throw trash or go out and do this or go out. We're simply saying, in order for it to change on that scale, something massive has to happen that forces the change. And even then, even then, someone is going to step back out there and just be like, I don't care. And they're going to throw their bottle or their candy wrapper or something. You know what I mean? Or, or, or want to slip and somebody will say, well, someone threw this here. And it'll start the chain again. Now, the difference is if we've took all the steps after the massive change to correct, we can have things in place to stop it before it gets too far gone again possibly you know if what I, I mean if i see one piece of trash and jesus just took all our trash away i would pick up that piece of trash and throw it away but if it got me to the you point would. right me but i'd be <laughs> i'd be willing to pick up somebody else's trash as i walked by it if there was almost no trash right but if we start getting back to how we are it's kind of like well this is too far gone if right. you got a bunch of trash, you got to get rid of the trash. And if, if, something done with it. if you got to violently get rid of the trash, that's just how you got to get rid of it. It has to go into a, line, a landfill and burn. Right. Just chuck them in. What's got to be? Just what's got to be. And, and Super Bassett is removing the trash. But sometimes in doing that, other things get removed too. You know what I mean? I got you. It doesn't always, it's not always as a perfect selection. You know how you watch some anime? I don't, I don't know if you ever watched one of those animes where somebody has the ability to do something, but the powers only hit the one or two targets they want and skips everybody else. Right. And then you got other characters who are just like, yo, if you don't get out, get the hell out of the way, you're going to get hit when I hit the other person that I'm trying to kill. And sorry, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not my goal, but this is kind of how that works for my powers. You know what I mean? So are there a lot of similarities between super bastard and the punisher? I'm sure not, not intentionally, but I'm sure there are um, things that people will be able to look at and conclude and, and pull. I mean, there's other superheroes in this world that he's in. Um, we just call them supers in the book. I just call them supers. He's not the only one then. He's not the only one. Uh, and and but each one that is there represents something and is there for a reason. Ultimately, um, 
but they're not the let's put it like this he is the absolute power in this story but he's not the only power if that makes sense i got i got so many visions of where it can go <laughs> but my mind immediately like right when you said that i was like so he's got the absolute power but even the absolute power isn't enough to fix this shit <laughs> you you have very wonderful ideas my friend I don't want you to tell me. I'm not expecting you to. That's just immediately where it went. Uh, so I've learned from past experience with these campaigns, especially um, with COVID changing mail and shipping coming into 2020, 2020 uh, to give myself a little more bigger window than I may have calculated. So right now on the campaign, each tier will, will be saying June 2021 just to give way because some people will have mixed packages that have other items in it besides the book. So making sure I give room for not only time to complete the book, but time to complete other, if someone, you know, decide to get a, a skate deck or a t-shirt or a hoodie or whatever, make sure that all those things have time to get finished and, and packaged. I'm setting the window for both books to June. I wasn't like my intent wasn't, I bet it's going to sound like, Oh, Wally's going to come on here and we're going to promote his Kickstarter. I just wanted, like, I didn't know what I was going to want to talk to you about, but I read that, I don't know, yesterday or the day before. And then this morning I like went through it and like picked at it. And I was like, man, I just want to talk about this. For me, it felt like just a really good conversation that happened to have a comic book as one of the base elements that tied into so many other things in life. You know what I mean? I, I think it's going to be dope, bro. Like, I like the way you handle it. The Trouble Helix podcast, just the name sounds like something. If that makes sense. Like, it just sounds, it, it doesn't sound like there's a center, like, oh, this is what this is about every time. They're going to talk about Michael Jackson's gloves every day. Like, you know what I mean? I bet, like, I bet that exists, too. <laughs> it probably <laughs> It just feels like when you tune in, you never know exactly where the, what the conversation is going to be until you get there. And once you get there, you just find yourself going along for the ride and, and wherever the conversation moves, and it all balances itself back out when it's all said and done. And you don't even know who the fuck it is that I'm talking to because I didn't even tell you yeah. who it was. But That makes it super cool, and it makes it, like, more pure. You know what I mean? Because... Either the conversation catches you or you don't. And now once you start hearing it, the person has to decide, am I staying for this ride or not? I mean, they, they better stay. And they probably will because they're still trying to figure out, like, who is he talking to? Or, or it just be, simply becomes, I don't like that person's opinion. And now they're listening to the conversation to have a conversation with themselves about your conversation with the person, you know what I'm saying? I, Which makes it more of something to come back to every time. It feels like I'm going back to a fresh new thing every time I listen to this, this podcast. And I think that's one of those cool things when you're not afraid to have these other conversations and, and present them to other people where maybe they can't have it, but they can hear you having it with somebody 
And even if they don't like the person that you're talking to, they still take something from the overall conversation. 